Inspiring conversations. Inspiring conversations. With Team PNG. With Team PNG. It's full time. PNG defeating Samoa 30 points to nil. As long as you're doing your best, be honest with yourself. The temptations are real. When Team PNG proudly wears the black, red and gold on the world stage, our athletes represent so much more than just the will to win. They stand for the PNG Olympic Committee values of honesty, excellence, respect and openness, as well as the Olympic value of friendship. These are values not only for our athletes, but for you, for me, and everyone. Welcome to Inspiring Conversations with Team PNG. I'm Aaron Carney. Today, the final in a series of conversations brought to you by the Papua New Guinea Olympic Committee as part of the Australian Government's Pacific Oz Sports Program. We have assembled three great contributors to sport in Papua New Guinea to discuss the value of friendship. Michael Hanau was voted as the chairman of the fundraising committee and is the current chef de mission of Team PNG and, if COVID permits, will be heading to the Birmingham 2022 Commonwealth Games in that capacity. He is a respected legal mind in both PNG and Australia and is the current head of legal and regulatory at Digicel PNG. He's also the chair of their foundation. As an athlete, he represented Papua New Guinea in Va'a Ocean Canoeing at the Pacific Games and Mini Games. Welcome, Michael. Thank you, Aaron. Thanks very much indeed. It's good to be here. Rachel Mosley commenced as the Deputy Head of Mission at the Australian High Commission in Port Moresby earlier this year, and before that was People Operations Branch Assistant Secretary. She has previously been posted to Mexico City and the United Nations in Geneva and holds two master's degrees and speaks four languages. I don't think she's represented at the Pacific or Mini Games, but welcome, Rachel. Thanks so much for having me on, Erin. And our third guest joins us all the way from Texas in the southern United States and has found time for us amid a focused preparation for the Tokyo Olympics. She is, are you ready for this, a 20-time gold medalist at the Pacific Games or Mini Games, 12-time Oceania gold medalist, Olympic flag bearer, and is universally known as the Sprint Queen of the Pacific, Toya Whistle. Welcome. Thanks, Sharon, for having me. And I believe sitting alongside you is your coach, Dior Lowry, as well. Hi, Dior. Hello there. Welcome, everybody. Let's talk about the challenges that we are all facing, perhaps the most complex Olympic preparation in history. Toya, how are you doing in these challenging times? For me, back home was so hard for training because of the COVID and they, you know, shut everything down. So it's good to be coming to the States and stay with my coach and training. 
How do you feel mentally, physically? You've prepared for Olympics before. How different has this been? For this one, it's uh, different from uh, two Olympics I've been. So this other uh, third Olympics for me, it's uh, more mature mentally, physically. I'm strong. And because my coach around, so we, you know, he always support me and believe in me that I can do much better than I was back then. Michael, how are you coping in a place like Moresby amid the current conditions that we find ourselves in? Our national government here has been talking a lot about the new nuclear the new way of living in COVID. But I think because perhaps because of the way COVID has has made its way throughout PNG, I don't think it's impacted the people's mindset the way it has in in other parts of the world. And so what's new is actually old in, in a lot of ways, where the social distancing is not, as, not practiced as often as it, uh, or as wisely or properly as it should have been, and maybe even wearing of masks too is not as, we're not doing, as, we're not doing that properly, if you like. Uh, but it certainly posed challenges from a sport administration perspective in terms of how you approach our athletes' hearts and minds and, and the physical preparation for these various games. Rachel, I imagine it has been really tough for you. The excitement of having a major posting, uh, one of the most exciting countries in the world to explore with an amazing range of people, and you arrive in the middle of a pandemic that immediately escalated. Yes, Aaron, a bit of a tricky time to arrive in PNG, but I have to say I'm really enjoying the posting. We've got a great team at the HICOM. And um, just getting to know the country, traveling around has been very interesting. I think it's a bit of a challenge to be on an overseas posting at the moment, given it's quite challenging to get back and forth to Australia to see family and friends, but making good use of, of Zoom calls and, and WhatsApp to stay in touch. That leads us to our topic of the day, which is friendship. Very simply, Rachel, when I say friendship, what pops to mind for you? The great friends that I made at school that almost 30 years later, I'm still in very much um, good contact with. When I was in hotel quarantine coming into Australia just a few weeks ago, one of my friends sent me a fantastic care package, things I could do in quarantine. So yes, those friendships that have lasted for many, many years. Why? Why have they lasted when I assume your lives have gone in very different directions 30 years on? Probably being there for each other in good times and bad times. We're at a point in our lives now, I guess, where parents are passing away and we're experiencing all sorts of challenges of life. So being there for each other, you know, as you say, I've got good friends in, in Africa, in Europe, in the States, but somehow we manage to keep in touch and support each other. Michael, the concept of friendship has its own particular Papua New Guinean flavour in the Wontok system. Yeah, an interesting question. Wontok system, a blessing or a curse? It depends on, on what's happening at the time. And I'm, I'm thinking that it is such a blessing to be from a country and from a, from a people where, you know, there is so much love and laughter and fun that can be had with, with a really huge group of people, right? Whether it's your family or your friends. But then there's always responsibilities. And so when you asked Rachel about what it was about friendship, my mind went straight into lawyer mode. And I thought, rights and responsibilities. <laughs> and I think the Wantok system is something similar. You know, there's there's obligations that we all have as part of our Wantok network. But at the same time, there's a, a real benefit to it, which is having a big enough network of people that you can rely on, even for just for a laugh. 
they may not you know have the same financial support that they'll be able to provide etc but even just for a laugh and so i think uh, especially during the pandemic the one talk system for many of us has really been a lifeline we'd be able to re- remain grounded and remain loved and to be part of this big social network despite whatever is going on is it fair to describe it as a security blanket in tough times yeah i think that would be a fair description of the one talk system and i think it's also important to know that the way Papua New Guinea has developed over time, certainly since independence, the one talk system is no longer just about your bloodline, your relatives. It really does include uh, your friends, those whom you choose to make families with, you know, to be a part of your family. And I think certainly at these um, very challenging global times of the pandemic, it's been a, a real security blanket, yes. Do you agree, Toya? Yes. It was a good experience to facing all the, all those things, but comes to the training part of it, it was a bit hard for me from the beginning. You know, start my career, I was started back home and then moved into Australia training and, you know, build up my fame when I was in Australia. And then moving back home, training was challenged with families, I guess. You have cousins, auntie, uncles, and then you have friends and you have immediate family like mom and dad and brothers and sisters. So for me, going back home, I have a responsibility for my youngest ones and taking care of all my family. So it was a challenge for me training back home. Mentally, physically was so drain me out. But when it comes to something like that, I always brush it off and, you know, put my training always priority. So what does friendship mean when you are a professional athlete working and training in multiple countries in a quite individual sport? Friendship, it means a lot to me. If I make friends with somebody, 100% with them, you know, through good times and bad times, you, you can have like disagreement, whatever, but at the end of the day, you make up and keep the friendship going. The friendship stays for a long time. You can have good friends and bad friends, right? Good friends stay there for you through good times and bad times. And I have like many friends through sports. You have fans and friends like, for example, I do have a friend like, you know, my best friend I call Saren Corolla. Like we do have little disagreement, but at the end of the day, she always support me for my sport. So I call her my best friend. For me, my ro- uh, royalty to my friends is I give 100% and then they give me 100% into a friendship. Michael, what does friendship bring to your life? I think it brings um, a sense of wholeness because friendship can be formed even within your family unit, which is probably for most Papua New Guineans, that's where the majority of our friends certainly start from anyway. For me, friendship brings a sense of wholeness because, again, it's that security blanket. It's that sense of assurance that there is someone there that cares for you, that appreciates you, that knows what your goal is. And I think as Toya put it really well, her primary goal and focus is her athletic career. And friendships bring that sense of wholeness in terms of people are really appreciating what you've set for yourself, the challenges that you set for yourself and support you and help you to get there. Can there be a tension between personal ambition and the obligations of a friendship? I I think there can be. You know, like in any relationship, you will always have difficult, challenging times. And well, I suppose how that friendship comes through those challenging times is indicative really of the strength of that friendship and of the respect that the the parties have of one another. And they're also the sense of, you know, ownership and appreciation of each other's goals and where they want to be in life and how you as a friend can help them get there and how you as the recipient of that friendship 
uh, can be helped to, to get to where you want to be. And I think COVID um, and the PNG One Talk system has caused many Papua New Guineans to really think about friendships that we have and um, and prioritize them so that each of us can get the maximum benefit out of, out of those different friendships. Rachel, a very personal question. Have you had a bad friendship experience? I think sometimes, you know, you live in different countries and over the years, perhaps you lose contact. I've been accused of writing anorexic emails from time to time, <laughs> um, just when life gets so busy. So I think sometimes your friendships with, with people that are a long way away can wane sometimes. But I often find that, you know, even after 10 or even 20 years, you know, seeing friends again, you sort of rekindle, you know, that friendship that you had, which is always lovely. Even though you're being self-deprecating there, if you have friendships that have lasted 30 years, you must be contributing something well, it can be very practical things, you know, it can be making dinner for someone and dropping it around at their doorstep or calling people when you know they've missed out on an opportunity or just checking in with people. I do put time and effort into my friendships, both, you know, those people that are close to home and those people that are far away. And also, I think when you're married, bringing that friend's husband, partner into that friendship and, and becoming friends as a group, I think is a really lovely thing to do as well. Toya, let me ask you the hard question as well. Have you had friendships go bad? Any topic where you can go, you know, you can talk to other friends about your other friends and then it can become out really bad. And I had this one just recently last year. It was misunderstanding and the friends where I loved, you know, they're like, oh, what do you say? Things, this and that. And for me, it means a lot to me. And what I said was really hurt their feelings, but I didn't mean to say it, but because what we said to our friends, we need to be careful what we said to them and talks about their professional life or anything in life in general. For me last year, you know, after quarantine, go back home and uh, what I said was bad and we disagree about. And for me, if that means a lot to me, I'll be like, go my way to, you know, trying to apologize to them and say, sorry, if I do bad or what, that's me, like keep friendship. If I do, I say something to hurt them or if they say something to hurt me, for me, I always go and say sorry and apologize. And last year was, yeah, was that but. You know, I just went to the uh, workplace and I was like, hey, you know, I said, I'm sorry. Can we just forgive, forget and move on? And it brings your friendship closer. That's something where I experienced last year. How hard was that moment where you had to go and almost beg forgiveness? You know, it was hard. When you go and they used to be like bubblies and all that, you don't get that as they like, hmm. You know, we don't want to talk to you because you know goods and bads and you, we didn't expect you to say it. And yes, I friendship, if you say something's wrong, it's better not talk about on the phone or just message or like, like social media thing. It's better like go face to face and talk about it. That's what I did. Like I go straight and I was like, I'm sorry what I said was hurting your feelings. I'm really sorry. Can we forgive and forget and move on? And they like, yeah, we forgive you, but it's going to take a time. And face-to-face -face talk to them. And then this year, before I coming down, went there. And you can see the, the friendship where the talk, like, kids came back and we was hugging each other and cry about what I said. And, you know, the friendships built strong. 
Dior, as a coach, can I just get your perspective? Because I imagine it's a balancing act. You have to have a professional relationship with your athletes, but when you're spending so much time with them and you care about them so much, that line of friendship must be a little blurry. I think the best way to manage it is just to always keep a fine line between too close of a friendship to where respect can be lost but also allowing the individual to have a good time to make sure that you know, they're actually in a good mood to continue to train or continue to do things that you're asking them to do, especially when you're talking about giving hard workouts. Over time, just spending enough time with them to where you can continue to have that relationship that you have, but also giving them the space that they need to go off and do whatever that they need to do and to interact with whoever they need to interact with to continue to be them. Because if, you know, if we're training three times a day. Most of our interaction, if I'm giving directives and she's communicating what she wants as well, but it could be, you know, serious stuff when you're talking about training. So just uh, having a mix of that and then also saying, you know what, well, you know, on the schedule, we have these many days of training or this amount of time. Well, I'll just let you go ahead and just go off and do whatever that you want to do. And you just lead it that way. And it will come back and just try to figure it out that way, because we know that at the end of the day, that person is still a person. So just treating them as an individual with emotions, it's the best way that you can look at it. Michael, you have a similar balancing act to negotiate. You sit on a number of boards, you police a number of regulations, you would be around people that you would call professional friends all the time. And yet that would be a relationship that would would have to have hard conversations from time to time. How do you negotiate that? Firstly, can I just honor Toya for her answer? I think it was a really beautiful, honest answer. And um, and I think that's a challenge that we face even in the professional setting. People that you enjoy working with, you naturally be- develop friendships with, but it's important to remember the context in which those friendships operate, right? And so when the person, even myself, you know, you asked Rachel earlier whether she's been a bad friend. Listen, I'm going to put my hand up and say, yes, <laughs> I've been a bad friend, even though I would like to think that, oh, I'm, I'm, I've been great all along. I think being honest with myself, I have been a terrible friend at times. And I really liked Toya's response because that's the way ideally I would have approached some of the some of the resolutions to those challenges and, and to me not being a good friend. I'll also put my hand up and say, I think there's been times when I've been too proud to go and do that, to approach the people whom I've wronged face to face. And so I've left it. And coming back to your question, Aaron, I think that in the professional setting, in the workspace, in the boardroom, it's important, especially important, not to just leave it, to be professional about it. And that's where I think we rely on the rules and the processes and the procedures that are there to address those challenges, to provide that security in which you can move into a space where you, me and the other party will have to negotiate and have a serious and an honest conversation about where the wrong has occurred. Has it been me? Has it been the other person? What penalties or what repercussions there may be so that the relationship can be righted and then you move on. So in the different professional settings, whether it's it's a board or a committee or, and even just at work, where there's been a wrong that's been happened, then that's usually the way I would approach it. I would acknowledge that, okay, there is an issue here. There is a, a space in which that issue needs to be addressed in the ambit of the rules and responsibilities and obligations, and then we address it. Toya is one of our senior athletes. She's certainly a star on Team PNG and for the entire nation. 
And she's probably smiling again because she knows that I was a chair of our disciplinary committee in the 2014 Commonwealth Games in Glasgow. Not a role that I cherished, but uh, that's the space in which I operated, the mindset that I operated when we had a challenge in Team PNG amongst the athletes or officials. That's the mindset that I would get myself in and then we would work very closely with, with all the different stakeholders to make sure that everyone's well-being was, was okay at the end of the day. Being Papua New Guinean helps us with that because some of the things that we we challenged with every day, one of the key things from a Team PNG administrator's perspective is really concerned about our athletes' well-being. And Toya hit the nail on the head when she mentioned the challenges that she had as an elite athlete and as an elite member of Papua New Guinean sports fraternity, but living at home. Not all of our people, not all of our friends, not all of our family appreciate what it takes for an elite athlete to be where they are. And so that's, as an administrator, as a, as a supporter, that's been one of our concerns too. And one of our challenges is helping everyone to understand that, listen, our, our athletes are really a unique bunch. You know, they're unique people and they need to be separated, if you like, a little bit, just so that we can all help them achieve their goals. Sometimes the way to be a best friend or a really good friend is maybe not to be so clingy, huh? so close. For me, sometimes I feel that. Fascinatingly, we're talking about the Olympic and PNG value of friendship today, and yet everything that came out in that answer was the other values. Honesty, the honesty of having a hard conversation. Excellence, the importance of a good friend allowing someone else to pursue their excellence. Respect, the fact that you care enough about somebody to have the hard conversation that Toya did, and openness. It's amazing how these values feed each other into a good life. Rachel, as a diplomat and somebody who represents Australia in other countries, is there an acceptance that a cornerstone of a friendship is a hard conversation, is plain speaking? Oh, look, I, th- I think so. Um, but I think when you have a good bilateral relationship, you can have those difficult conversations together and find a way through. It's quite common not to agree on absolutely everything or to have different positions on issues, but really you're really trying to protect and nurture that bilateral relationship. And so while, yes, you have to have difficult conversations sometimes, you're equally committed to helping that relationship or trying to ensure that relationship stays on a really good track. Why do you think friendship has been prioritised as an Olympic value? The athletes are there to, to try their very hardest and, and to win where they can. But as an observer of the Olympics, I think the most touching moments are when you do see competitors helping each other. And I know having observed, you know, been in the crowd at the Olympics in Sydney, the crowd cheers as much for the person who comes last as the person that wins. And so people that are there appreciating not only the excellence of the of the sports people that are on the field, but also those values that you talked about. Michael, as somebody who in both your professional role and in your sports administration role is so often in charge of executing the rules and regulations, they exist because of a higher set of values. So why does friendship deserve to be in that higher set of values? It deserves certainly to be there because it's the overarching description, if you like, of all of the different values that need to, that need to be exposed or that are already actually exposed by many of us in the Olympic movement and those outside. Honesty, excellence, respect, openness, those are necessary ingredients and elements to a, to a really great, strong friendship that can withstand any kind of challenge. 
And so I think that's why, in my view anyway, friendship has been recognized as an important tool for nation building, for world peace, for all of those great aspirational goals that many of us work towards achieving. Because friendship, I mean, the opposite of friendship is no friendship. And human beings are built to to be in communities and relationships. So I think that's why friendship has been chosen and elevated to such a position in the movement. Dior, why do you think friendship is an Olympic value? You know, when the athletes are out there competing, it's always good for them to communicate with each other um, and not so not be so uptight all the time and just make friends within the inner circle. Uh, but then also the athletes having good relationships with the, the coaches and the support staff and the officials and those kind of things as well to make, you know, some of those officials job easier and their experience a lot better, um, which will, you know, help them want to be able to stay within the, the sports or the events and volunteer their time more often so you keep consistent people there. On the outside, the friendship is important because, you know, when the lights go off and, you know, you're no longer at practice or at competition, you know, those close relationships that you have with family and friends at home, those are the things that actually make you who you are. And within the the sporting competition environment, the more an individual has those friendships and those relationships that they gain from the family and friends, that definitely affects their personality. And the more an individual is uh, more personable, more open about how they communicate with fans, obviously, uh, the more that uh, fans will want to come see them compete, which that'll definitely help generate some revenue because the fans experience is good as well. So I think it's important from the inside for the environment and for the outside uh, for the family and friends to make the person very acceptable and very marketable for the particular sport. And as we talk about the Olympics and revenues, important to get people watching and want to see that kind of stuff. So. Toya, to you, why do you think in the hyper competition of Olympics, that something like friendship is held in such high esteem? For me, with uh, friendship, I and my one of the athletes from America, her name is Alison Felix. So when I've been Tyson game, my first run in uh, 2012 Olympic Games, I was like, oh, I need to meet one of the stars. And I went there and I made friends with him. I was sitting down and he came up. I bring my food and he came and sit next to me. And I said, oh, you're my big fan. Can I take a photograph with you? And it's like, it was really humble. And I start make friends with him. And that's give me confidence to, you know, go out there and do my best. And being, being in the Olympics, you know, you need to go and make friends with people. And it's not to, you know, just be, like Dio said, it's better make friends outside than uh, you can make friends with others, but not only in athletics, but like, you know, Olympics is all sports. So it's better to go out and meet other sports, you know, get to know them and be interested, you know, to, to see what they're doing. And for me, I make friends with like swimmers or uh, basketballers or, you know, I do have some friends from Australia play netball, so, you know, talk to them about sports, I guess. Yeah. If I'm listening to this right now and... I want to be a good friend. What one piece of advice would you give me, Toya? For me, the advice I always give to young ones back in PNG, like I always tell them, like we all come from different backgrounds, right? Friendship, you can help one another. It's not all about selfishness, like thinking about yourself, but helping other people through what 
you've been experienced trying to help them out and trying to become a better person themselves. And what you're going through, tell them, and then they were like, oh, yeah, okay, you've done it through this, that, so I can do much better than what you're doing. So for me, my advice always go to the young ones back home. Be you and do your best and set your goals and trying to achieve your goals. So much wisdom and so much inspiration in this conversation, living up to the name of the program. Sadly, that is where we have to leave our discussion of friendship and this edition of Inspiring Conversations with Team PNG. My deepest respect to our panel for their time and their thoughts today. Commonwealth Games Chef Demisha Michael Hanau, thank you. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks very much indeed. Deputy Head of Mission at the Australian High Commission in Port Moresby, Rachel Mosley, thank you. Thanks so much, Aaron. Super Coach Dior Lowry, thank you. Oh, thank you, sir. <laughs> and Pacific Sprint Queen and, we hope, Tokyo Flash, Toya Whistle, good luck, your nation, your region, your friends near and far. Hope that you can produce your greatest performance ever and who knows what new chapters unfold after that. Thank you so much, Toya. Thank you so much for having me and nice talking to you all. Thank you to the Papua New Guinea Olympic Committee and the PNG Australia Partnership for making this series possible. If you are hearing this through your radio right now, please know it is also available as a podcast that you can listen to anytime you want. And we encourage you to share it and perhaps have your own inspiring conversation, maybe even one of those hard conversations we've heard about, about the value of friendship in your life. I'm Aaron Carney. This has been Inspiring Conversations with Team PNG, and we look forward to having you on our team again soon. Hey.